Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats as the show is about to begin. At this time, we ask that you silence all cell phones and other electronic devices. All photography and video recording is strictly prohibited. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Broadway Show Show with your host, Nathan Hill. do everybody welcome back to the broadway show show i'm your host nathan hill and i'm extremely excited today because today we'll be talking about the incredible tony award winning musical memphis i am in love with this musical and on top of this i'll be having a conversation with the immensely talented chad kimball who originated the role of huey calhoun in the show so Without further ado, let's hop right into the episode. In 1949, on WHBQ in Memphis, Tennessee, Dewey Phillips began his radio career with his nightly radio program titled Red Hot and Blue. He played a great deal of rhythm and blues, country music, boogie-woogie, jazz, but it was Phillips' on-air persona that caught people's attention. He had uh, like a frantic delivery and an entertaining sense of humor. There was one thing that set him apart from the others, though, and that was his keen ear for music. And he would play music that he thought the public would enjoy. And so he played a mixture of black and white music, which was pretty controversial at the time. But I I found this one thing out, and I think it's super cool. He was actually the first DJ to broadcast Elvis Presley's debut record. That's so cool. But (laughs) anyways... I tell you this because this man is the basis for the musical Memphis. I'm now not exactly named Dewey. Uh, in the musical, he's named Huey. Uh, Memphis is about a white DJ named Huey Calhoun and a black singer named Felicia Farrell as they embark on a journey of love and music while facing prejudice in the 1950s. Huey Calhoun discovers Felicia Farrell, a black singer who performs in the segregated nightclub owned by her brother. And upon being fired from his job, Huey gets a job as a disc jockey for a local radio station. Uh, He begins playing the black music, and everyone's a little skeptical about the music Huey wants to play until the ratings come in. And Huey, fulfilling a promise he made to Felicia, plays her songs on the radio And this starts the golden era of rock and roll. The concept for Memphis was developed by the late theater producer, George W. George. The creative team for this show included Joe DiPietro, whose credits include All Shook Up, The Toxic Avenger, and Nice Work If You Can Get It, just to name a few, to write the book and lyrics. David Bryan, who was best known as the keyboard player for Bon Jovi, uh, to write the music for the show. And Christopher Ashley, best known for Xanadu, Come From Away, Escape to Margaritaville, Diana, All Shook Up, and many more to direct. The show staged productions at 
the North Shore Music Theater in Beverly, Massachusetts, and Theater Works in Mountain View, California during the 2003-2004 season. And following these productions, the musical was staged at the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego in 2008 and the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle in 2009. On March 4th, 2009, it was announced that Memphis would make its way to the Great White Way after six years of various stages and productions. The show began previews at the Schubert Theater on September 23rd, 2009, and after 30 previews, the show opened on Broadway on October 19th, 2009. The cast included Chad Kimball as Huey Calhoun, Montego Glover as Felicia Farrell, James Monroe Iglehart as Bobby, Jay Bernard Calloway as Delray, and Derek Baskin as Gator. Now, Memphis opened to mainly positive reviews. The New York Post called the show an exuberant musical with classic values, catchy songs, heaping spoonfuls of inspirational moments, and gifted performers at the top of their game. The Associated Press also praised the show, stating, The exhilarating new musical Shaking the Schubert Theater is the very essence of what a Broadway musical should be. Despite these positive reviews, Memphis had its share of negative reviews, of course, which doesn't really make any sense to me because this show is basically flawless, but oh well. The the New York Times gave the show a lukewarm review, stating this slick but formulaic entertainment written by David Bryan and Joe DiPietro barely generates enough heat to wrap a vinyl record, despite the vigorous efforts of a hard-charging cast. However, he praised the performance of both leading performers as he should. Now, everybody, my favorite part, let's talk about the Tony Awards. That season, Memphis was nominated for eight Tony Awards. Best Costume Design, Best Orchestration, Best Direction of a Musical for Christopher Ashley, Best Performance by a Leading Actress in a Musical for Montego Glover, Best Performance by a Leading Actor in a Musical for Chad Kimball, Best Original Score for David Bryan and Joe DiPietro, Best Book of a Musical for Joe DiPietro, and Best Musical. The show won for Best Orchestration, Best Original Score, which, if you haven't heard the music for the show, go listen to it now, please. It's incredible. One of the best scores I have ever heard in my entire life. Uh, And then they also won for Best Book of a Musical and the big one, Best Musical. After a wonderful four-year run on Broadway, the show announced that it would be closing on August 5th, 2012. So, August came around, and on the 5th, after 1,166 regular performances, Memphis closed on Broadway. Throughout its history, though, the show launched a national tour in 2011. It has been performed in many regional and school productions. In 2014, a Western production opened. In 2015, a Japanese production opened. In 2017, an Australian production opened. And just as recent as 2022, a German tour production opened. So the legacy of this show lives on. So everyone, the moment that I've been waiting for, let's hop into my interview with Chad Kimball, who originated the role of Huey Calhoun in Memphis.
Uh, hey everyone, today we have Chad Kimball, who originated the role of Huey Calhoun in Memphis. How are you, Chad? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Absolutely, always excited to talk about Memphis. So um, I, I want to start by discussing how you began your performing career. What made you want to um, pursue this? Well, I uh, I didn't know um, until I was around 12 that I wanted to be an actor. And um, I was actually pretty shy, pretty shy as a kid. And uh, my brother was into acting and um, he was doing a, a program at Seattle Children's Theater called uh, Summer Stage. And um, so I watched him kind of go through this whole theater thing and I it looked really fun to me. And um, it wasn't until there was this uh, TV show that was shooting in Seattle, don't worry, you've never heard of it. It's called <laughs> Adventure on uh, Sinclair Island. And it was, they shot, I think three episodes and it didn't, it didn't go very far, but um, I, I got cast and um, he and I actually, um, we both auditioned for it and and I'm the one who got it. Yeah. Um, and uh, which was crazy because I was like this shy kid and, and you know, I said, I wanna do it. And they kind of looked at me like, you're crazy. You're not gonna, you know, we're scared for you because you're gonna freeze up. Yeah. Um, but it, I ended up kind of excelling at it and and really kind of loved doing it. I had no idea why I loved doing it at the time. I have some some theories now, but, but that kind of propelled me to, um, you know, try and figure out what high school to go to and, and what high schools in the area um, offered uh, drama. And so I went to a school called Roosevelt High School in, in Seattle, which had a really great drama program. And I uh, I kind of just fell into it. And that's all I did. I mean, by by my senior year, I think I was, I think five periods out of six were were drama related. Wow. Um, I was the TA to uh, my my drama teacher, who is my mentor and is and is still my very very good friend, and still my mentor, um, Ruben Van Kempen. And so from there, he kind of encouraged me, and and uh, I just I I decided this is something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and um, applied to two colleges. One was NYU, and one was the Boston Conservatory. Uh, I was waitlisted at NYU, and um, and I got into the Boston Conservatory. And so that was kind of that. And so four years later, um, four years of, of uh, BFA training uh, in music theater at Boston Conservatory, I landed in New York and kind of, uh, you know, as a huge blessing, got my first Broadway show kind of right out of the gate, which wow. closed three weeks later <laughs> called The Civil War. Um, I was cast as a, a, an ensemble swing. Um, which oh my goodness I'm, I'm I never I, the I performed the last performance but I didn't perform on stage I just mm. sang in the pit yeah. so um, they let me sing in the pits that was yeah. my Broadway debut <laughs> um, but ha I there were like I want to say twelve ensemble tracks that I would have had to have learned wow. so now I look back and think oh that that was a big <laughs> lesson um, and so that's how I kind of got into it and then from there just um, you know just I've, I've continued to go forth and and do musicals and plays and various commercials and tv shows and and that's it yeah that's great so um how how did memphis come about memphis um oh it's such a magical story because it was one of those i i always 
felt like I wanted to originate a, a, a role on Broadway. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to, you know, the the roles that I was interested in um, were the ones that were new and that because mm -hmm. I'm a really I'm kind of a good mimic. Like I'm a I'm good at imitating people, mm -hmm. and so I knew that um, if I if I was doing a show that had already been done, I would most likely just copy, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. now that I'm older, I realize that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, because we're all so unique that we bring our own stuff to every single role. And no matter how closely you think that you're mimicking something, you're probably bringing quite a bit of original, uh, you know, swagger to it. But um, at the time, I just really, that was, that was like a huge dream of mine to originate a role on Broadway. And, um, Memphis came around in 2003, I think it was, is when I first when I first did the the first incarnation at um, North Shore Music Theater in Beverly, Mass. And uh, I I remember the audition like it was yesterday. I um, you know went and I sang my uh, a couple of my old standards, the songs that I always sang at auditions, and um, they called me back. And uh, I remember going into the callback room and Montego Glover being there and we read the scenes together. She was the only person that I read the scenes with. I think that she read actually with like three other guys. So mm -hmm. I was I was pretty certain that she yeah. had gotten the role. Um, but, you know, there was there was a that was an audition where I where we kissed. We like kissed for the first time. It was kind of crazy. And we both <laughs> look back on that moment as a real magic moment. And. But I remember them thinking, you know, I I kept getting back from my rep representatives. Yeah, you're they they love you, but you know you you're just kind of not the right type. But then they kept calling me back and going yeah. back and I was like, well. <laughs> and so I think they were trying to cast the role really based. Um, they really wanted someone who looked like the original yeah. Dewey Phillips, the guy who uh, who Huey was modeled after. And he's a tall, lanky guy, and yeah. I'm not tall and lanky. <laughs> I'm not. So, um, so they finally, you know, I don't know. They 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 um, acquiesced, I guess, and yeah. uh, and they cast me. And then, you know, after all of this excitement, I get to Beverly, Massachusetts, and it's the day before, and I look. I'm looking at this script, and it's just Huey, Huey, or Dewey. At the time, it was Dewey. Yeah. They hadn't changed the name yet. It was Dewey, 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 Dewey this, Dewey that. And I just, I got, I mean, I just all of a sudden got really anxious and overwhelmed. And I called my mom and I said, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea who this character <laughs> is. And then this is the part that kind of just feels kind of providential is that it just kind of, it's kind of like spilled out of the words of the, you know, we talk a lot of, um, as actors of given circumstances, you know, and, um, you know, where is this person from? What's what does the play say about them? You know, how do they how what does the play inform us about how they talk or speak or walk or you know, and and we had done a little bit of work listening to Dewey Phillips and he sounded a lot like an auctioneer. Mm -hmm. Um and there are some recordings of him. Uh and he he had uh, his radio show was called Red Hot and Blue. And he would he would talk like this. Oh, don't you love that sound? Don't you love that sound? Hey, oh, and he would just like this, like you could tell he was kind of manic in his love for this music. And 
it was funny too because some of the music that he played was somewhat risque for the mm -hmm. time and so some of the lyrics he would actually break in and talk over so that people wouldn't actually hear what was being said yeah. so they could get plausible deniability yeah. i guess um so so all of that research and kind of study of him and the time and the play and the the way that joe and david wrote the 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 dialogue and the music and the lyrics mm -hmm. all of that kind of just like you know was bubbling up out of me out of us really but but out of me and kind of just spilled into this this character yeah. so i think the first attempt was to kind of kind of find the similarities between what i heard dewey phillips doing um on the, the very few recordings that there were of him um and and what was written on the paper so and then once that kind of started going and i started to kind of get the a response from from the director and the and the writers and the other actors yeah um it kind of just kind of just went with it and um so that's how he, he kind of came about. And then from there, you know, 2003, we had another pr uh, production in, at Theater Works in uh, Palo Alto or Mountain View, California mm -hmm. in 2004 or five, I want to say. And then there was like a three-year break. Um, and uh, that's when, um, you know, the everybody went off to do other things. But I mean, I was just like Memphis was my 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 dream come true you know yeah. and and being on stage almost the entire show and you know um having the responsibility of this beautiful uh piece of theater part of the responsibility but you know just part of the, the responsibility of this character who's so flawed but also so so much of a hero in a lot of ways um it just was, it just was, and, 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 you know, creating a new role. Um, so yeah. when they announced that it was coming to Broadway, I was so excited. I just finished, um, I was doing, uh, I'd done Good Vibrations on Broadway, which closed. <laughs> and, and then right after I actually left that to do Lennon on Broadway, the John Lennon musical. And, um, and, and, and that closed in, in about five months. And so I was kind of just waiting you know, yeah. and, and I decided to move to LA for a, a couple of years. And so and I did, I was in LA for a couple of years. And then I got this call saying, you know, um, they're doing Memphis. And I said, do I need, should I come back in to audition? <laughs> um, because I did get a phone call from Jody Pietro, who's the writer saying, so you know how much we love you. You, you know how much we just, your Huey is, you know, and I was like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Uh -huh. He said, but we'd like to, you know, see if, you know, some of the producers would like to see if there's a, there's a, some sort of star name that we could. And I was like, uh. <laughs> this is the only time in my life, you know, you hear people like they say, oh, I just, I was so upset. I threw up. And you're yeah. like, yeah, right. That doesn't happen. I, to it, I get it. It, I totally happened. I was, <laughs> I was sick in my stomach and I thought, well, wait, actually what a great lesson because why would you pin all of your hopes on this one thing, right? You know, like you got to keep moving, got to keep going. And I said, well, do they need me to come in and audition? Or please let me know how it goes. <laughs> so <laughs> they did the workshop and everything. And they said, we're moving on. And uh, we, if you'd like to come in, you can. I said, I'm coming in. And so I don't, you're familiar with the show. You know, the, the, 
the the note in Memphis Lives in yeah. Me, there's a high D flat. Yeah. And it goes, it's written, all I know is Memphis lives in me. That's the way it's written. And I'm mm -hmm. packing, I'm packing to get ready to go to New York. And I remember exactly where I was, is in the closet, getting all these clothes, putting them in my su suitcase and listening to the accompaniment of Memphis Lives in Me. And I just was kind of riffing on it. And I went up and I hit that note and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And it's really high. And if I, if I had known better, <laughs> if I had known now, <laughs> what I'd done that, I probably still would have done it. So when I went to New York and I auditioned for everybody and the new director, Chris Ashley, mm -hmm. um, I sang that note and they wrote it in to the, wow. to the, to the, the score. And, uh, and so it's just moments like that, that are just like, wow, I feel like this is just really meant to be. So that's kind of how, what the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the backstory or the, the progression of events, um, of how, how I got involved with, with Memphis and Huey Calhoun. So I'm sure there's more you'd like to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a really great story. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But, um, I, I want, I also wanted to, um, ask how, uh, like, as you mentioned before, you've done other shows uh, and projects like that. Uh, and so how was this show and this role different from anything else you've done in the that you had done in the past? Well, first of all, it was a leading role, yeah. um, uh, which I, I, I mean, I'd done leading roles in high school and college and but nothing of this magnitude. I think right. the the sheer kind of um, just the time on stage, yeah. the movement. Um, he, he's he he re, the character really is a kind of just a whirling dervish. He's it's a it's a tour de force role. I mean, there's and I'm not saying that because I was in it. Yeah, I'm just saying that's the way it's written. I mean, it's it's he's he's just constantly going and going and going. And the great part about that is he's a real metaphor for, you know, the actual story of, you know, he was, he really was uh, one of the first people to play rock and roll on the radio and people were trying to keep up with him. So what a great, you know, metaphor is like, you know, nobody could keep up with him. You know, he's just like a, ahead of everything just a little bit. And so far ahead uh, towards the end that he kind of goes too far and he, you know, he falls flat on his face, as anyone will do when they're going a little too fast. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about? I was talking about, you asked, um, sorry. No, oh you're gosh. all good. What was your good. question? Um, how was the, the question was? How's this uh, show and role different from anything you had done in the past? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it being it being like this um, kind of like leading role, just fast and furious. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, it was uh, I had done I'd done other roles on Broadway, but uh, the only other role I did on Broadway was I played John Lennon. And then I played, um, I was a featured ensemble member in Good Vibrations, and I was Milky White the Cow in Into mm -hmm. the Woods with Vanessa Williams in 2002. Mm. And so I never really had the opportunity to really um, 
you know, do be song and dance like this. Yeah. Um, and this is this role, you know, Huey was a true song and song and dance role. Yeah. Um, I mean, I say song and dance after acting, like, yeah. you know, yeah. um, kind of like the a weird kind of song and dance man, but but still definitely um, uh, a song and dance man. And so so it was really kind of the penultimate uh, role for for, you know, showing off my my musical theater <laughs> chops and yeah. scared I was. Oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, doing things that you know, you don't really have time to think about because you're just doing them. Like I look back at some of the things that, that we did, like, you know, Sergio Trujillo and the choreography. And did I ever think that I would be in a musical, a leading role in a musical where like at the end of a number, I ran down and like dove onto my knees and slid <laughs> to the, end of the stage. I mean, it's so ridiculously awesome that I just never thought that, you know, I just, I, I couldn't have ever guessed that that would happen so it was it was it was it was uh different in a lot of ways but 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 definitely what i trained for yeah and um again you mentioned this before but um this was like your first lead in a show of this magnitude and you very rarely left the stage uh the entire show yeah. and so uh did that take like a like a a physical toll on on like your body oh yeah oh yeah i was i was exhausted i remember um uh after we opened um and and then straight up to about this i think it was a, it's the first tuesday in may that is that they announced the tony nominations mm -hmm. And we were just going and going and going and they were asking, I mean, you know, no days off. And uh, I think I, I hadn't, I didn't miss a show. Uh, I don't know if I had missed many shows up until that point. I think I lost my voice at one point. I got a cold mm -hmm. and I had to miss a couple of shows. But up until then, you know, you want to just, you want to, it's a new property. It's, it's, you know, people are seeing it for the first time. They don't know who these characters are. Yeah. And you feel protective of your role and, and, and your play. And so you want to be there as much as possible and you want to fight through all those things. And, and at one point I, I had actually pretty severely injured um, my shoulder. And then this was, um, I think it was before the Tonys. Um, and uh, so I was like, you know, like walking around with a really uh, injured shoulder. And, and I remember after the Tony nominations came out, um, we had a, a, it was a Tuesday and then we had two shows on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, the emotional and like psychological collapse was yeah. just, it definitely took <laughs> to part in that. And I remember, and, and um, uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was uh, the evening performance and I was just spent, we had, we had a Tony luncheon and we had interviews all day. And then we went back to the theater for the show. And then we had more stuff and then the evening show. And I mean, it was just, I had never been, I didn't know how to pace myself. And, it's like an overwhelming uh, experience. Overwhelming, yeah. totally. And wonderful, but, but, but overwhelming. And, um, and I remember getting to Memphis lives in me and I was just, just out of breath and I was beat. And I went to sing the final note. I went, all I know is Memphis lives 
in me in me in me and i i mean and everybody said they, like telling the story later they yeah. said that they froze in the hallways and they were like what's happening he's like same girls but he's like um, and i walked off stage and like somebody from behind like from from stage left was like uh -huh. and then the audience was like, oh yeah okay yeah great great but that's, I mean, that was just kind of how exhausted I was. And then, and then over the, the next year or so, I, I kind of succumbed to my injury a little bit, but yeah, it was, it was taxing, but it was also, you know, you find energy in the, in the craziest places. And the, I think that the, the craziest place to find energy besides, you know, food and sleep and taking care of yourself was the audience. I mean, the mm -hmm. audience every night seeing this show for the first time and then, also for it to have such a, a positive message, you know, as such a telling us the story of, um, you know, the segregated South and how music really played a huge role in bringing people together and bringing to the forefront this form of art that um, had been not part of the white culture, you know, had and became distinctly American because of its um, distinctly African-American roots. And so to be able to tell that story and in such a kind of a weird way, you know, with this guy who, who um, you know, just really was in it for the music and kind of loved everybody. And he even said in, we even said in an earlier draft of this show, uh, you know, he, so some people ask, well, why is Hughes so like? What, what was he? He's kind of dumb. Like he kind of wasn't dumb, but he was. He seemed so ignorant and naive about about things. And there was a rendition of the show that we did where he kind of blew up towards the end, and he was like, "Do you think that I don't understand what you're talking about? You know, yeah. you think I didn't see color? I saw color, you know, but I chose to ignore it because of that music. I loved that music, and like, there's just something so, the idea that something so intangible something that you can't touch or hold on to um or see um yeah. something that speaks to your soul music of your soul um uh can transcend race and socioeconomic life and um can can bring families together can tear families apart i mean something that has that kind of power to be able to tell that kind of story was just it was really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's great. Uh, so um, when you first walked out on stage for the first performance of the show, oh, my gosh. what was going through your mind at that point? Wow, you just took me back because I can remember <laughs> that moment too. Um, they had me. It's so crazy because they had me completely sequestered on the stage right uh catwalk mm -hmm. up above Delray's bar so I was all alone mm -hmm. uh, before the show and there was nobody else on that catwalk it was just uh, on that side of the catwalk it was just me all the way over at the end and it felt like so there was this almost uh 
this realistic kind of um, isolation that I felt, which was perfect for that first scene, kind of coming down the stairs of Delray's, you know, singing, we're going down, down, under, you know, kind of like under his breath and everybody's stopping to look at this yeah. white boy. What's he doing yeah. here? How dare he, him, yeah. how dare he? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but I remember that. So, so the weird thing is that there's just no way as an actor, I anyway, uh, could have separated the feeling of that coupled with the feeling from the audience of, you know, nobody ever having seen this before. Mm -hmm. And then they're all, everybody in the bar is looking at me like they're acting, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're like, you know, yeah. which doesn't feel great, especially <laughs> when the audience is like looking at you too. Like, like, and the good thing was that I we knew there was gonna there was something that was gonna happen yeah. here. We could tell a story together, and um, so when we get, when I get that when I got that first laugh, I think it was a very nervous chuckle from the audience when you come down and I, I, I come down and I sing. We're going down, down underground. It's just still on stage, and they're looking at me, and I'm looking at them, and then all of a sudden the audience starts laughing because it's just yeah. funny like what yeah, an idiot it is <laughs> you know and um and so I remember being so 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 nervous and then hearing that laugh and just going okay here we go let's do it let's and we had done the show before we'd done the show before but not in New York and so I think it's a you know just a bit of a different um beast yeah larger audience more expansive audience more yeah. expansive audience more yeah uh, just you know and, and higher stakes right yeah this is like kind of the the place where you make it or break it yeah exactly like you <laughs> there's there's nowhere bigger than broadway I yeah mean, that's right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, other than like what you've shared today do you have any other like specific memories that you think will stay with you I think that when we won the Tony Award, uh, that was really special. Yeah. My, um, oh boy, my mom had been diagnosed with uh, stage three B breast cancer um, mm -hmm. in 2008, right before we, right before we went to uh, New York. Mm -hmm. And so while I was, out of town doing the show and we were getting ready for New York. She was going through chemo treatments and, um, you know, it was just such a huge cheerleader at the time. And so we opened on Broadway. She came to the opening night. She was wearing a wig. Uh, and, um, then she went back to chemo after we opened and, and then we got nominated for all these Tony awards and, um, and then she, she got a pretty good diagnosis um, before the Tony Awards and she got permission to come to the Tony Awards. And so she was my date and, Aww. and then my dad was her date, but, but yeah. she was my date. <laughs> yeah. And so to like, to, and then for them to announce, you know, Memphis, the musical as, as, as a winner of Tony Award, um, 
and then to go up on that stage and then to look back at my mom and my dad and I mean I was nominated I didn't win it didn't matter the show yeah. the show won my mom and my dad were there my mom was there and uh it, I think that that's a moment that that will will uh I mean there are so many moments but that in particular is a very yeah. very sweet yeah. yeah that sounds like a really special uh moment good story yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so um i have one final question for you yes sir um what would you say is your favorite song from the show oh goodness i mean memphis lives in me is is probably my favorite my favorite song from yeah. the show uh although i i i will say Colored Woman is 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 close close on the heels there. When I heard Montego Glover sing Colored Woman for the first time, I was like, "What song is this? This is incredible." I mean, it's just a beautiful song. And Daryl Waters with his with the sax in there and the and his orchestrations and Joe's lyrics and you know, it's it's just it's haunting. And her determination, I think, is one thing that too that that the the songs that have the determination and this kind of kind of um, I will triumph uh, facing component are are I think the songs that are my favorite. So yeah. Memphis lives with me definitely. Colored woman definitely. Say a prayer, definitely. Um, and then I loved radio. I I, yeah. I just want to enjoy us and 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 steal your rock and roll. Obviously, is great, but um, but those I think those four are my favorite. Yeah, that, that's great. I mean, all of all of the songs are great. The music is yeah, they're yeah, they're pretty but, <laughs> yeah. I remember um, when David Ryan first played because Memphis Lives in Me didn't didn't exist in the first mm -hmm. two productions we did. It was a song called "That Ain't Me" mm -hmm. uh, that Huey sang, um, and uh, uh, "That Ain't Me" and it never was. Oh, it was it was, it was a good song. Yeah. I loved it. I was like, oh, we can't we can't say goodbye to this song. This is a great song. And he goes, listen to this. And <laughs> we were at his home in New Jersey, and he's got this like 13 foot long piano. I don't know. He's a rock star. Yeah. And he's, he's like, listen to this. What do you think? It's like, it's called Memphis Lives in Me. And he plays it. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll sing that one. I want to sing that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. So, um, but that's all I have. Well, Nathan, thank you so much for asking me to be a part of it. I appreciate thank you, you so much up. for agreeing. Yeah, absolutely. How could you? I can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, that's all I have for the Broadway Show Show today. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, especially if this is your first time. I really appreciate it. I want to give a special thank you to Chad Kimball for coming onto the show and talking about Memphis. He's a really great guy. I have some really exciting episodes coming out very soon, so be on the lookout for those. Some amazing people, amazing shows. Be sure to follow 
Broadway Show Show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at TBSS Podcast. And be sure to send all of your questions and requests and comments to the Broadway Show Show at gmail.com. Have an amazing day, everyone. And I will see you next time on the Broadway Show Show.